the Christian who's mature hears confession, cleansing, and conviction and understands that is not, is, is not just a model for a day. This is a model of discipleship for every day. Um, it's like the person who thinks the Christian life is attending church once a week. You gotta be kidding me. The Christian life is a battle the moment your eyes open in the morning and when you were sleeping, the battle was even raging on. And every day you have to be equipped and ready to fight the battle. And that's why God has given us his word and spelt out things like Psalm 51 to make us ready to not just fight yesterday or just today, but every day going forward. Hi, and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and we want to remind our listeners that if you'd like to get a hold of Live in the Light or any one of us here, make sure you visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. Or you can phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. All right, well, we are in the middle of a series entitled A Change of Heart, where we've been looking deeply at the truths found in Psalm 51 as David writes them. And we've already looked at a heart of confession that David finds and also the heart of cleansing that he receives. But Robbie, today's message is no less important. In fact, it's a critical message, right? Yes, we have been so excited within this ministry, within this within this series right now, because we believe when the Lord has your heart, he has you. When he has you, trust me, you're going to be in a good place. Again, the model presented here, we understand that God will use this to change hearts and Maybe you're in that place right now and you are struggling with areas of your life or you have specific sin that God is seeking to cleanse and you want to be used of God. Well, you are in the right place and we just want to make a special plea to God for you right now and where you are that the Lord knows. And maybe I'll just just pray for you even even, even now, that just as you take your sin and in confession before the Lord, as David did, and as you are then cleansed, you know by the gospel of Jesus Christ, you shall be cleansed, you should be set free from these things, then you too, like David, as we're going to see today, you will see a heart of conviction to be used of God in ways maybe you've never dreamed of. And not just struggling in the ditch there, but getting up back on your bike and then seeing fruit come from your life. That's the opportunity that God's word provides for us today. So where you are and who you are, the Lord knows. The Lord knows. Listen, he loves you. He loves you and wants to use you. So in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, may that be so today. May you go from confession to cleansing and now a heart of conviction to be used of him in special and amazing ways that results in his glory. I believe this. I believe this for my life. I believe this for your life. And I pray you do too. Excited for what God will do through his word today. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get right to the text. Psalm 51. And here again is Robbie. Please open your Bibles to Psalm to Psalm 51. This is our third and final week, Lord willing, in Psalm 51. It's been a series that has been designed to go after the heart. A series called A Change of Heart. In week number one, we saw a heart of confession. In week number two, last week, we saw a heart that was cleansed. 
And now in week number three, we're going to see a heart of conviction. Now, one of the things that as you get to know me, you'll soon find out is I love uh, biblical counseling. I love biblical counseling um, because I, I need it often, like every single day. I love what you find within biblical counseling. And when I say biblical counseling, really you got to understand this too. And we have to understand this as well. Really, it's just biblical discipleship. A biblical counseling is just really preaching God's word and learning God's word on a one-on-one basis or one-on-two, whatever it might be. It's just intense study and discipleship of the word of God. So I want to be counseled biblically. I hope you do too. It's, it's how we grow in Christ. There's no psychology and stuff like that. It's no the world's ways or things of man. This is just finding out what God says for our lives and then wanting to do it. Now, the reason I bring up biblical counseling right now is because what I want for me to see and what I want for you to see as well is all over scripture, there are patterns and models of biblical discipleship. And before us is another one in Psalm 51. And why this is so key is because you gotta be aware that the Lord has set out these patterns for us to take in, to absorb and to allow ourselves to be transformed by them and then to teach others as well. And so all over scripture, there are patterns of biblical and models of biblical discipleship. So the one that we've seen within Psalm 51 is we've learned this is that where there's genuine confession, then there's going to be genuine cleansing. That, that, that just has to happen. If you genuinely confess your sins to the Lord, the promise is you will be cleansed by the Lord. And so we hold up the value of confession and repentance because there I find myself to be truly cleansed. And when I'm genuinely cleansed by the Lord, which only he can do, but we ask for, when he cleanses me, what we learn here, the model shows us confession leads to cleansing and cleansing now leads to a conviction, a conviction of wanting to be used and see the Lord work at within our lives. Now listen here, loved ones, here's where maturity sets in. The Christian who's mature hears confession, cleansing and conviction and understands that is not, is, is not just a model for a day. This is a model of discipleship for every day. Um, it's like the person who thinks the Christian life is attending church once a week. You gotta be kidding me. The Christian life is a battle the moment your eyes open in the morning and when you were sleeping, the battle was even raging on. And every day you have to be equipped and ready to fight the battle. And that's why God has given us his word and spelt out things like Psalm 51 to make us ready to not just fight yesterday or just today, but every day going forward. We must build into our lives then patterns of biblical discipleship. And when we get the patterns and the models before us, we learn them, we believe them, and then we teach them. So this is so important to me. I want to be so important to you. I've got some of our team here to come up with a little illustration to, to kind of design this because I, I want you to remember it. I want you to see it today, but I, I don't want you to forget it next week. Whenever you open to Psalm 51 and I, in my Bible, I have written confession verses one to six, cleansing verses seven to 12 and conviction verses 13 to 19 because I want to be able to instruct it to those that I care about most and to people who want to learn what God's word actually says. So this is all about the heart. Now we're learning as we go through life, the heart tends to go in the wrong direction. It goes in the wrong direction. That's why we have a barren tree and some lightning and thunder and because it's sin's gloomy. Sin, sin is miserable. It rains down on our parade with yucky stuff, okay? So sin takes us in the wrong direction. But when the Lord starts to work in your life, something happens. And then all of a sudden we see there's a, a change 
of direction. There's a change of heart. We do a U-turn. This is, this is repentance. Repentance isn't just, I don't want to sin anymore. Repentance is I'm turning away from that sin and now I'm going towards something to replace it with a virtue that's found in Christ. So the heart then makes a change in the right direction now going for Jesus Christ and in the cross. And so here's where we come to our model from Psalm 51. So here's the heart and it's still kind of blackish, purplish, not doing so well, but then something happened. Confession takes place. Notice the heart has folded in half almost. That's, that's bowing down. The heart gets low. The heart humbles itself before its, its, its creator. And then this is good because notice what happens next. From confession then, when it's truly seen in our lives, then we see the heart again changes. The heart is cleansed. When the heart bows down, the heart is cleansed and the showers and waters of grace. And notice what happens. The heart goes from black to lifelike and red. We all like red hearts, don't we? And from there, notice the puddle of cleansing has, has taken over. From confession, there's cleansing. And from cleansing now, the heart experiences this, experience conviction. Now, conviction is going to be a good thing we're going to see today. And where there's true conviction, there's an explosion of other hearts, apparently, but fruit that come from our life that God wants to use. When we're black and dead, in a sense, or hurting, bowing down, then getting cleansed by grace, and now the fruit that God wants to bear through our lives. That's the model of discipleship of Psalm 51. Now, maturity says, man, that's good stuff. And maturity says, I don't want to forget that. Maturity says, I got I to gotta go through this all the time. So, so, so my goal for you is that you be able to open up Psalm 51. And, and let's say, let's say six, six months from now, your teenager comes up who's in a really devastating place. This applies to everything. You have the ability to open up Psalm 51 and exhort your teenager and what's happening biblically to the heart. See, if you counsel the heart, loved ones, you counsel everything. You counsel everything. Let's say you have a friend that comes up to you and it's devastated and fighting through despair, whatever it is. You open up Psalm 51, you can counsel the heart. I want you to be equipped to counsel to the heart and models of discipleship are very, very helpful that God has given to us to do just that. So you take these three C's, confession, cleansing, conviction, you take these three C's to the spiritual bank and they will always gain interest, always. So we've seen the hard, powerful work of confession. We've seen then the beautiful and joy producing process of cleansing. And now what we see today is the transformational and fruit bearing process of conviction. And I'm excited to go through this text with you. God's word continue to amaze me again this week. I'm telling you, there, you think you know a text and you have a couple of verses. You're like, yeah, man, I've seen those. Those are amazing. But then you a couple other verses and you're like, I'm not, but you get to those other verses and you find out there's, there's so much in God's word. It's so exciting. And he wants to change me and wants to change you in the process. So when I say conviction, some of you are like, well, what do you mean by conviction? Um, well, let's find out what God's word says of the kind of conviction that is formed in us when we are cleansed. Here's the first a type of conviction that is formed within us when our hearts are truly cleansed. It's this, we find a conviction to see others transformed. When my heart is found in confession, my heart is cleansed. And what's amazing is that I desire from my life, I desire to see others transformed in the same way that my life has been transformed in Jesus Christ. I love how God works this way. Genuine transformation in Christ cannot be contained. It can't be contained. When you're genuinely transformed in Jesus Christ, it must come out. It wants to come out because the Holy Spirit in you is bless, 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 bless other people with the reality of what you've understood Jesus has done for you. 
So this is the basis for my entire ministry. This is the basis for your entire ministry as well. What is it? Jesus has saved me. Jesus has redeemed me. Jesus has restored a wretched sinner like me. He has made me go from death to life. I gotta tell you about it. I mean, this is why I get so excited when I'm preaching. How can I not? Because I have been saved from death and I'll do anything I can now to tell others that Jesus Christ can save you too, right? Because when your heart is cleansed, you desire that other people would know the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Makes sense? Pretty simple and pretty awesome, right? So the believer has got to be filled with what God wants to say so you can be in turn used by him. This is exactly what's happening within David as well. Jesus took my sin, he cleansed my heart, and now my life exists to tell others about the grace available to him. Now, this is where I always say, can, can that be done in boredom? Oh, I really struggle with that part. Can that be done in, oh, yeah, Jesus, no, no, no. See, if you're really there, you're really there. And if your heart is cleansed, man, you're not going through this with apathy. You're going through this with, why, 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 why? It's not because it's me or you. It's because it's God in you. See that? You're tapping into the Lord. And so his grace starts to flow through you. This is one of my greatest convictions. And again, this is one of David's greatest convictions as well. It's just good theology. It's the way it's supposed to work. When God works in us, he wants to work through us as well. Look at verse 13. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. So remember, create in me a clean heart, O God. Cast not your presence away. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. And if you do this, Lord, if you cleanse me, then, then, he says, see, he's already, he's already looking ahead. Then I will teach transgressors. It's amazing, your ways and sinners will return to you. David has confessed. David has sought to be cleansed. And now David is filled with conviction. A conviction to see transformation that he has known be multiplied in others that is so beautiful. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Then is the result of cleansing. The seed of repentance, the trunk of cleansing and the fruit of passion. The seed of repentance grows the trunk of cleansing, which bears the fruit of passion, of longing to see other people transform the way you have. Notice in verse 13, um, then I will teach transgressors and sinners will return. Notice teach and return. See, what does David want? He wants others to be transformed. He longs for the transformation in other people. Question, do you, do you long for transformation in other people? Do you think about that a lot? Do you, do you long that others may grow in the same way that you have grown? Is that, that's one of the things too, is that you won't long for something you haven't probably known yourself. The Simons family recently has been longing for some transformation. The Simons family has just completed a decade of diapers. So we're pretty excited about that. So it's been... Uh, 10 years of straight diapers in our church. Our youngest daughter has just seemingly found out how the toilet works. And I'm telling you, that's a, 
That's a transformation that we have been pretty excited about in our family, especially daddy, all right? But daddy knows that mommy is the one who's been doing a lot of the work over these 10 years. So I think daddy's gonna get mommy a plaque that says, I love you, a decade of diapers or something like that, all right? So, so listen, and that transformation is very, very exciting in our home. But the reality is the transformation we want more than anything else in our lives when we're seeing the heart of Jesus Christ is not the transformation of anything physically or the transformation of someone learning to do something, the transformation of the heart. That's what the Lord wants. And that's what we would want too, that our hearts would be transformed and the longing to see other hearts transformed in this same way. David says, Lord, then I will teach and then sinners will return to you. Notice, I will teach transgressors and sinners. See what David's doing? Clarity for what matters in life. Such clarity. Sinners need the Lord. Transgressors need a savior. Then I will teach. When I'm cleansed, this is what I'm going after. He's going for what actually matters in life. Notice he says, teach them your ways and sinners will return to you, God. David's bang on here. He is so bang on. Right now, he's not concerned about people's careers. He's not concerned about people's education. He's not concerned about people doing certain hobbies. He's concerned about the heart. He's concerned about the heart. He's concerned about the heart because his heart's been so transformed. The only thing he ultimately wants is the hearts of others to be transformed as well. Notice what's happening here, loved ones in the context in David's life. And I want you to be so encouraged here. We're witnessing this within David's life, right? He's had the worst failure of his whole life. We're witnessing this, that God will waste nothing. If we give ourselves completely to God, there's nothing that God will waste. This is when God takes ashes and turns it into beauty. It's a word for some here tonight. It's a word for some here tonight. God specializes in taking ashes and turning it into beauty. How many life-changing ministries have been birthed out of sinful failure by the grace of God? There are many, many examples. I just thought of one. I thought of Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson, there he was in the Watergate scandal, the highest levels of political leadership in the US of A, of course, and just all the brutal things that went on there in Watergate. And he's thrown in prison. His life takes a total turn as he bows his knee to Jesus Christ. He confesses his sins. He is completely cleansed. He is born again. He is made anew. He'll never be the same again. He's placed in prison though. He serves his sentence, but in the middle of his failure and the devastation of all that's happening, God creates in him a vision of what would be prison fellowship worldwide, the biggest prison outreach and ministry in the entire world, reaching thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands, starting from a man who committed a horrible crime and fraud and deceit, ended up in prison. Jesus Christ saved his life. And now in turn, he goes and literally reaches thousands and thousands of lives. That's what God can do. That's the power of the gospel. That's the grace that God does. And this is what David is expecting as well. You will take me, Lord, I have failed but you specialize in putting me back together. You will cleanse me and you will use me. That is awesome. The point is that God wastes nothing. I talk to a lot of people who say, they talk to me and they dwell in their past and they say, I failed, I failed, I failed. That's the past. That's the past, man. What are you doing today? And what are you hoping for tomorrow? You think God's worried about your past right now? forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. You think God's done with you? You think God's done with you? Think, well, I failed, I failed, I failed. It's called the gospel, man. It's called the gospel. We're all failures. But Jesus Christ redeems us and cleanses us. And if we want him to do so, and if we bow the knee, it's really the only condition. You just gotta want it. You just gotta want the grace. 
You just got to receive the, he's like, here's the gift. Here's the gift. Here's the gift. It's amazing how many people are like, I'm too proud to receive the gift. I'm too proud. I'm too proud. I'm too proud. It's crazy. Receive the gift. Receive the gift. Receive the gift. You receive the gift, man, and life, life starts to go in a pretty awesome direction. You say, I failed. Oh, Jesus can take care of that. And your future could be awesome. Loved ones, recognize too, recognize this within this, even this first verse, that the greatest conviction comes out of personal cleansing. See David here? He has such conviction because he's been so cleansed. The more our hearts translates what's been done for us, then the more our hearts desires to translate for others what God can do for them. Notice, cleansing leads to conviction. Cleansing leads to conviction. So conversely then, pay attention, a lack of cleansing must therefore lead to a lack of conviction. See, the reason David is so like, I'm gonna teach sinners, I'm gonna have transgressors return, and the reason, because he's been so cleansed. He's seeking God for what he can do. But a lack of cleansing then in our lives will quench the work of God's spirit within our lives. So, so here's some questions. Do you, do you have a heart for the lost? Do I have a heart for the lost? Um, do I have a passion to share my faith? Are you burdened to teach transgressors the ways of God? Is this something that is on your heart a lot? And the question now becomes, if not, why not? If I don't have this burden and I don't have this passion, and if I don't think about this very often, if I'm walking around just thinking of self, why is that so? Well, we're learning here that one of the reasons could be that we're not experiencing genuine confession because when there's genuine confession, genuine cleansing, then the more we seek to be salt and light for the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, I like to say this, the Holy Spirit in us never says, shh, when it comes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit never goes, shh, don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk, we're a little ashamed today. Don't do that. He never, ever, ever does that. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness to say in the midst of the maybe crazy times to actually stand up and to speak up for the savior that has saved us from sin and death and can save that person as well. So it's never the Holy Spirit telling us to shh. It must be something else. The most common sin does that to us. But you know what I love about this church? I love about so many of you. So many of you are being so used in so many ways in this category of a conviction to see others transformed. So many of you are a blessing and inspiration to me. And I just want to make sure you know how encouraged I am by this truth. I mean, there just are people after person after person after person is just seeking to love the neighbor, love the coworker, love the family member, love the friend, love the stranger. I mean, just it, that is so powerful. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Because the closer you get to the Lord, the more you desire to share about the awesome nature and beautiful salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. The conviction, Lord, the conviction to see others transformed. More, Lord, amen? More, Lord, more of that, Lord, because that's all that counts. It's all that counts when this life is done. It's Jesus Christ. A conviction to see others transformed. Secondly, this, here's the second conviction, a conviction to sing. That's right. 
When I am cleansed in heart, I find I have a conviction to sing. Look at verse 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. David here is once again seeking cleansing. But this time he's seeking cleansing for the murder of Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. See that word blood guiltiness there? That word is referring to murder. It's referring to the blood that was on David's hands due to him sending out Uriah to die. But again, notice this, loved ones. Notice that David here in verse 14, notice he's not, doesn't have a, a, a casual plea here. He's not just kind of going through some kind of routine. He's not knocking off a to-do list and on to the next. I mean, David in verse 14, I mean, he's going through spiritual heart surgery. I mean, his chest is opened, his, his heart is out and he's allowing the scalpel of the Holy Spirit to come and to do his work. But David knows this, this is so beautiful. David knows if he's brought to life by God, then he won't be able to help but sing to God. If God delivers him from this yet again, and he calls out to the God of his salvation, David understands, loved ones, salvation leads to singing. To singing. Oh Lord, when you deliver me, my tongue will sing, David says. Oh Lord, when I know your salvation, my mouth will declare your praise, David says. Hey, you know that um, God really likes singing, right? You really know God really likes song and music. I mean, he created it for us to worship him. Um, just the songs in scripture. Think of the greatest songs in scripture. The song of Moses, the song of Deborah, the song of David and Chronicles after victory, the song of Asaph, the song of Jehoshaphat, the song of Mary. Paul used hymns within his letters as well. The song of Revelation. In fact, the entire book of Psalms is a book of songs. In total, there are 185 songs in the Bible. 185. And all the, all the specific songs I just mentioned, they all have to do with deliverance and salvation of our God. So here's the point. When you know you've been saved, you sing. You sing. Deliver me, O God, of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud, David says. Aloud. Aloud. Aloud he will sing, it says. You ever notice the difference between a church that sings and a church that doesn't? You ever notice that? What's the difference? In almost all cases, ready? Conviction is the difference. In almost all cases, conviction is the difference. Maturity is the difference. Now, I'm not talking style of music. I could care less about that. I'm talking about the overflow of the heart singing to God about the salvation that he has given. Whatever style you want, go ahead. It's the idea though that our heart must sing when it is cleansed because we're responding to the reality that we have been set free by God in his grace. I'm telling you, you can measure the spiritual temperature through singing. You can, not in 100% of the time, but a lot of the time. And I love, I've been here 10 years now, I love watching people when they come into our church and either they're not saved at all and they walk in and I don't expect a dead person to act alive. 
Do you? I don't. They come in and they're not, or the person comes in and for whatever reason, they're just very grumpy and um, they, just, they just don't have a lot going on for the Lord. And I guess they've been saved at some point, but there's just, they're, just, they're just not really fired up at any level. And they come in and they sit here and the songs are on the screen, but that's all they are. There's just words on the screen. And their lips might move a little bit. And, you know, I can't judge hearts, whatever, but you're just watching. But I know for a fact, I've talked to so many people of this over 10 years, but then you watch them and then God sets a spark and causes them to be alive in Jesus Christ. And boom, boom, the seed's planted and the tree starts to grow and the fruit starts to be seen. And quite often, no offense, people sit near the back, okay? But often they move from the back and they start going closer to the front because they just, they just need to be near where the action is. So they say whatever, it's pretty funny. I like all that stuff, it's really good. But then all of a sudden you see that they start to, to move their lips and they, they, they start to have their heart operating and all of a sudden there's this joy in their eyes and expression from their mouths and salvation begins to be declared in a way that they never used to do before because their heart has been set on fire for the Lord and they can't help but sing. So happy to have you listening again today at Live in the Light. Each day we strive to share faithful and passionate preaching of God's Word to strengthen His people and His church. If you want to hear more from Pastor Robbie, you can find past series and messages at our website, liveinthelight.ca, or on our podcasts available on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Hope you'll join us again next time on Live in the Light.